Hot damn. How about those Cowboys? The Cowboys managed to beat the Packers 48 to 32 in a thrilling home game in Dallas. Now they're going to have the Buccaneers next week in Texas. Can't wait for the divisional rounds of the playoffs. The Lions, of course, have to head out west and play the 49ers. We're going to have all this great uh, NFL playoff reaction for you as we start Illegal Shift. So thanks so much for joining us. I can't wait. Let's start the show. The growing calls across the nation to defund the Defender was just overpowered. Illegal shift on the kicking team. That penalty is refused. First down. Oh, guns up, idiot Wolfpack. This is failure to stop. This is America's number one podcasting platform where we entertain and inform first responders. I'm John. I'm an number one dispatcher and a devoted Dallas Cowboys fan. Joining me tonight is Jason Kiefer. He's a fire lieutenant and a Bengals fan out there in Cincinnati, Ohio. Jason, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be back. Glad, uh, glad we're going live a little bit later. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the leniency on timing, but glad to be here, man. That's all right. I like to be up late. Uh, we're going late tonight because uh, Jason was actually at a bicycle club. He goes uh, over <laughs> to the to the last Kmart Kmart on Earth, and he and all his buddies ride bicycles around inside the store. Uh, Kiefer, uh, what did you think of uh, the Cowboys pulling off a stunning win? Ugh. Your Cowboys, like I'm, I'm so, I was so excited to come back on with you again from last week, and wanted to get your reaction because I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, I know it's it was funny. I mean, why do we even play these uh, wild card games with seven seeds? They never they never go anywhere, and it was uh, just fun seeing the Packers. You know, historically, uh, they've been uh, someone who upsets us in the playoffs to see us completely dismantle them. And to see Packers fans all across the country is uh, sad. Has been very gratifying for me. I know Back we're going to beat. I know we're going to beat the beat the Bucks next week at home with our incredible home field advantage. So we're just really one game away from the NFC Championship, and I've never been more thrilled. I think this is our year. I I, I think you're high. I think you're high. I literally so, so I literally think Detroit has to go play the 49ers. Detroit. Detroit, I told you last week, Detroit's, Detroit's hey, going all the way. Can we wrap this up? I have something to do after the show. I know. And that's where I was waiting. That's where I was waiting. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a letter to write and some other things to do. So I feel like I need to call a number. I'm not going to yeah. say where you are, but I know the number that I need to call for you because I didn't text you last week or a couple of days ago. I, di- I didn't text you. I just kind of let you sit there. I had no idea that that was going to happen. No clue. I could have um, bet. I could have bet seven paychecks that it wouldn't have been that bad. No, that was our most humiliating defeat uh, in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, we've got to talk about it because we'll never get out of the way. But I don't. I don't want to dwell on it too long, right? Because everybody's here, like to see me sad. Because everyone, for some reason, all my fans want to see me broken and destroyed. I have the weirdest fans. Um. So, you know, uh, just Dan Quinn's style of defense is vulnerable to a very popular kind of offense that they use. And it's like a Mike, you know, or Kyle Shanahan offense that they're using in San Francisco and Miami and Green Bay. And with those three teams, we gave up 111 points. And Dak couldn't find his way out of a wet paper sack. 
and it was bad and no and and it's and that's i'm not a huge dak fan but that was just not anywhere on my radar that he would play that way and i also didn't expect green bay to play the way they played it was like uh, dallas was the seventh seed right like a couple years ago if we were using the old playoff format they they wouldn't have belonged there i don't know what to tell you but but guys were rolling yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something that I would not say if uh, Jake was here tonight, but it's like uh, when you watch every down that the Dallas Cowboys play, you kind of understand maybe more so what's going on with them beyond the final scores of some games. And, um, I'm, you know, I have to admit, like, I'm just I'm really not surprised that they lost. I, like I said last week, Green Bay kind of cast a specter. I, I, I wondered if I would have been happier going on the road and beating the Buccaneers because no offense to the Bucs. We have a Bucs fan who's going to join us tonight, but I felt like maybe we could beat them. The Bucs were nine and eight and they won, they won the weakest division in the NFC. And so I feel like we shot ourselves when we won the division because now, now the Redskins are going to have a higher draft pick and uh, we, we had to play at home and uh, against the, the Packers, which just have our number. I'm going to say it's Mike McCarthy's fault. I don't. I don't think highly of him. I'm already sad that they have already said that they're going to retain his services another year, which I don't understand. Right? You have Bill Belichick next, out there. That was my next point. You have Mike Tomlin, who could potentially become a free agent. You have all these coaches going around. You also have like the ability to like we could like go with Jared Mayo and like pick somebody who like it's a real uh, unknown candidate for head coach and maybe do something really different. Here's my final take because I don't want to go all night. <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys, since uh, since you know their last Super Bowl win, have grown financially as though they are winning Super Bowls every year, um, and I think that's enough for Jerry Jones. I think he likes being competitive. I think he likes selling T-shirts and hats, <laughs> and I think that's enough for him. I think I think he's he's he has to choose today between what what does he want? Does he want to risk it all? He's 81. Does he ever want to get another Super Bowl win again? Or does he want to have another you know, another uh, 12 win season? And he he sees Mike McCarthy as I can get another 12 win season. We could be competitive. We can we can string these Cowboys fans along like chumps until January, sell a bunch of t-shirts, make people believe. But if we couldn't do it this year when we had one of the easiest roads to the to the Super Bowl that we've had in forever, uh, it's just not gonna it's, it's just not gonna happen. And you know what? Uh, watching the Cowboys for the last twenty eight years, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks come and go, some coaches come and go, talent of all levels, people at all levels. I've seen a stadium demolished and built, <laughs> but the one thing that's that, that 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 Jerry Jones doesn't have the the guts to replace at the Dallas Cowboys is the general manager. Well, and, that's and, that is that's very that's a very good point and very true. And since last week, well, you know, when we were together, you know, you heard Jerry Jones talking about, yeah, Mark, Mike McCarthy's our guy. We're keeping him. And then after the loss, then you had all of this talk about Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick and whether Belichick was going to come to to the Cowboys. And then they, you know, they decided to keep McCarthy. What what would have been your in your heart of hearts thought if they ousted McCarthy and said Belichick was in. Honestly, what, you- I, what I was thinking in during the fourth quarter, and I had to watch this at while I was at work. So it's like, you know, I'm in full blown emergency mode when people are dialing 911. 
I thought in the fourth quarter, what we would see was this, a Black Hawk helicopter hovering above the stadium. Special forces guys repel out of a helicopter. They've got Bill Belichick with him. They go down to they go down to the owner's box, and by the end of the game, by when the, by the two minute warning, you see Jerry Jones reaching into his various pockets and handing Bill Belichick cash, and he's pointing down there. And Bill Belichick runs out the back, and he goes down to the field, and he takes the headset off of Mike McCarthy, and he says, "Look at me, I am the head coach now." Like that's what I had hoped would happen. Uh, Bill Belichick I am, was the I am GM. The at, yes, Bill Belichick was the GM at at new england so i don't think he i don't think he has the ability to not be the gm or have that kind of level of control and jerry's not going to give it to him right the main reason why we struggle with coaches ever since jimmy johnson was jimmy johnson wasn't gonna wasn't gonna kowtow to his ego and he's he was gonna make the decisions right so ever since then we've had very weak-willed coaches who will who will get along with jerry that's why jason garrett was eight and eight year after year after year after year after year but he was there and it was okay because he was jerry's boy and mike yep. mccarthy knowing that he can't go anywhere else particularly not after this embarrassment and having <laughs> grifted his way into the dallas cowboys after being run out of green bay on the promise of i've won a super bowl i know how to do it and i've been watching film all off season he knows that he can't get a job anywhere else but the so we always get yes men as coaches. Bill Belichick's not going to be a yes man. And and just as, as an aside on Jimmy Johnson, I don't know if you saw him at halftime when he said, get off your asses and get out there and play like you know how to yep. play. We've been working so hard. It was amazing to see him, how embarrassed he was for the team. You can tell that in his heart, he's still a Dallas Cowboy. And he, he is still a Dallas Cowboy. That what, That is a fact. What frustrated me the most was is that I knew Mike McCarthy at that moment was in the, was in the locker room and he sounded nothing like jimmy johnson and it broke my heart and 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 jimmy johnson at one point like uh michael strahan's next to him michael strahan gets down into his three-point stance and he's joking around and i think he expected jimmy to laugh at that point jimmy was still mad he was he was was not not laughing part of it no he didn't think it was funny he's just like this is embarrassing i think it was all that jimmy johnson could do to not like swear on live tv you know yeah and it, it, it broke my heart and at that point you know we knew the game was over because we knew jimmy johnson wasn't in that locker room and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's tough. So Mike McCarthy is going to be retained because we have one more year on Dak Prescott's contract. Like Dak has a no trade, no franchise clause in his contract. He has one more year. So, you know, it, it, it just makes sense, right? Like we're going to get 12 more wins next year. We're going to go bust in the playoffs first round. It'll be Dak Prescott's last year. And then we can get rid of the head coach. We can get rid of the quarterback. And then we can have our true, like, come to Jesus moment. Even though it needs to happen now, for financial reasons, it's going to happen one year from now. So how many talented players are going to have their window closed this season? Uh, you know, uh, Tyron Smith, uh, even Zach Martin could be injured at any time just because you never know how it is. And he's playing a few years. We have running back problems, you know, uh, just all kinds of stuff. So that's that's my that's my my cowboys take and um you know so i don't i don't know if you want it we'll need to talk after the show obviously about next week's show and uh, and uh you know <laughs> permanent guest hosts <laughs> figure what's happening um, but I, I, i'm glad you're here this week because i i called off the suicide watch yesterday oh because you uh, and i you, you and i were conversing so i knew that everything was good i'm actually we'll, still under a suicide we'll, we'll watch we'll get through it together Thank you. We're actually, I'm actually still on a suicide watch. And that's why I would like to now bring to the show 
uh, someone who's really been helping me get through this week. I've actually known this guy since 1991. We were both uh, in first grade together. And actually, this is how we met. Uh, I think he had like a Nerf football. And I wanted I wanted to, to play with that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, when, when you're a kid, you just see, see someone else with a cooler toy, particularly when you're poor. First grade, 91. That's That's cute. You're like two years older than me. Anyway, he played uh, first base, and it was a designated hitter for the Denby Patriots. Please welcome Jason Ferguson, who's also a Bucks fan. Jason Ferguson, not to be confused with the other Jason, can you hear me? I can hear you, John. Uh, were you at all worried about me on uh, on Sunday as everything blew apart? Did you or did you know that I have been through this so many times that I am okay? Yeah, I figured you just you just been callous enough now by now that I mean it's just like routine every year um you know i joke with it down i'm you know i live down here in texas and so you know pretty much everybody's a cowboys fan and they say the same thing every year and and they 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 know they're gonna lose in the playoffs every year and (laughs) and they just go about their day so why do um, i have why do I have you as the person who's taking care of me while I am on suicide watch? Now, Jason, you are you are a Braves fan. I know the Braves were winning the World Series around the same time as the Cowboys. Conspicuously, I don't think the Braves have won the World Series since, or have they? Did they did once recently, didn't they? Yeah, they did once. Right. Yeah. Damn it. That's the other part of it. Is like I know your pain. We've talked about this before, how I feel like the Atlanta Braves are like the Cowboys of baseball in that make the playoffs every year and usually end up disappointed. You know, we were fortunate a few years ago that we, we did get that championship, another championship. Um, but, you know, it was, but we've been disappointed here the last two years, the, the past two years. So I understand now, you, pain. You, two, you two, you two have had a hell of a run between the Cowboys, you know, back in the day, the Braves, which Jason, I didn't know you were a Braves fan, so like I can I can appreciate and respect that because your Braves beat the shit out of my Cincinnati Reds multiple multiple times. But you had you know Tommy Glavin, Greg Maddox. I mean, you're, that Braves team in that same era, roughly with the with the Cowboys, was absolutely phenomenal. Now it's funny because I saw a fun fact. Now that the Lions have won and have done as well as they have. The Cincinnati Reds now are the last team, the longest running team to not hit the second round of the playoffs in any professional sport. 1995 was our last time. I saw that and I almost need John's noose after seeing that. (laughs) Little fun We'll talk about baseball in a little bit. I don't want to have the most boring part of the show at the top of the show. Uh, so why don't we what why don't we do a quick a few quick ad reads, folks? This show yes. is brought to you by Ghostbed. Ghostbed's a company that makes mattresses. So why don't you go over there and use the offer code Wolfpack? You can save forty percent off on everything that you find on their website. Go over there, look at their adjustable frames, look at their cooling technology, their pillows. Uh, you can go over there and uh, you can. Uh, you could go over there and even at 0% down, 0% financing, even if you have the credit of Mike McCarthy, you can go in there and buy something. Go over there, use the offer code Wolfpack. You get 40% off. Let them know that you support Failure to Stop. Remember that uh, Ghostbed supports you. 
uh, they support first responders, firefighters, 911 dispatchers. Uh, I believe Jason actually used to be a park ranger for like one summer. So they support park rangers. That's that's how he's a first responder, folks. I didn't just bring him in because he's my bud. Uh, so go over there and uh, tell, use the offer code Wolfpack. Tell him that Failure Stop sent you. And of course, we love Ghost Bed because unlike every other mattress made in the United States of America, Ghost Bed is made in the good old USA. 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 All right. So so after you get a good night's sleep, and let's face it, folks, we are spending all day in bed as real life is too miserable to face anymore. Remember, you've got to eat your feelings. And if you're going to do that, you're going to want to go over to Factor Meals. Go over to Factor Meals. Use the offer code Wolfpack50. You could save 50% off on everything you find that they have over 300 items on their menu. You could choose how many of those you want delivered to your house every week, reverse trick-or-treat style. But instead of empty calories that you get from candy, you get delicious, nutritious meals that are brought to you. Refrigerated, not frozen. You can throw those in the microwave for two minutes. You have a meal just like what mom used to make. Or, you know, if you want to cook them conventionally, take your favorite person out on a date, dinner for one. Go ahead and get Wolfpack 50 for your Factor Meals. We would appreciate it if you would go over there and support them. We appreciate that. Thank you to, to Factor Meals for working with us as we go into the new year. And folks, the show's out to you. Also brought to you by Sloopy Auctions. I don't even know what that is, but holy shit. Keith, if you go over there, you can find all kinds of good Buckeye stuff, I guess, right? Yeah, so I wanted to toss this out. My, uh, my brother's a huge Buckeyes fan, and a- as am I, but my brother has a ton of stuff that uh, he, he put on that auction site. I wanted to just toss it out just to see if anybody out there in the Wolfpack was a Buckeyes fan. But uh, he's got a lot of stuff from uh, directly from Arch Leister's hands, who was a Ohio State quarterback drafted by the uh, uh, Baltimore Colts. Directly from his hands to my brother's, but he's auctioning off a bunch of stuff. But if you if you go and look at it, I can. I'll uh, anybody's interested, just just hit me up and I'll, I'll show you which ones which items are his. But figured I'd toss that out there. Just yeah, you know, there might be a Buckeye fan out there that that's looking for something. But these are one of the kind of items that most of these most of these players keep for themselves. You know the yeah. the Mister Olympia trophy. My brother has Arch Leisher does not. Won't go into why my brother has them, but we all know that Arch Leisha was a little bit of a gambler, and uh, so there, there, there's some neat things out there. So go take a look at it. They got a lot of Buckeye stuff over there. Go to Sloopy Auctions. That's S L O O P Y Auctions.com. All one word. Now, if you are a Buckeyes fan, you need to go over there because let's face it, gang, you haven't uh, been winning championships lately. You're a little bit in the hole. You're starting to become a faded memory, like when you were when you were friggin' friggin' 11 years old watching the Cowboys beat the Buffalo Bills thinking this is going to happen every year for the rest of my life. Guess what, gang? It doesn't work out that way. But I want to tell you this, too. Even if you're not an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, what if, Jason, what if you're a a Michigan fan and you want to purchase this stuff so that it could be destroyed and so that Buckeyes history could be lost for all time? Indelible uh, curios and memorabilia erased from the earth it can all be yours you can buy it simply just to destroy it so go on over there spend the money send the money over to to kiefer's did you brother-in-law is that what you said my brother brother oh his actual birth brother they're related by blood you can go over there and financially support (laughs) kiefer's brother and if you hate if you hate the buckeyes that buy their merchandise so that you can destroy it and then take a video and show it Yes, take take a video. Thank you to Sloopy Auctions for existing. I think you got this ad for free, so just thank you for existing. <laughs> uh, 
Jason, I want to get you back on the show because you were nice enough to show up. Uh, the Eagles are out. Uh, thanks to the Bucks, Baker uh, and the Bucks bust up the team commissioned by Satan. How excited were you watching uh, the Buccaneers uh, really uh, exploit and destroy and humiliate the Eagles? I know that that was my saving grace this weekend. How was it for you? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it was it was it was very very enjoyable to watch. Um, like I told you and, and some of my other friends, this is kind of like my Super Bowl um, because uh, you know my. That's the one thing I uh, have in common with you Cowboys fans is my hatred for the Eagles, uh, especially after what the Phillies did to my Braves the last couple of seasons, too. So the Bucks got a little bit of revenge for me there. But, you know, I said if they lose, you know, if they lose this week to the Lions, so be it. I'm hanging my hat that they beat the crap out of the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, Dude, May- uh, Mayfield played his brains out. Well, you do, you do have to find it amazing because this, for those of you who are casual football fans, this shows kind of for you because it's like, I don't pretend to be a sportscaster. I'm a number one dispatcher. This is the situation with Baker Mayfield. You may remember him from progressive commercials out at the Cleveland Brown Stadium where he's doing commercials for uh, everything. And uh, he's doing okay, but uh, it's really hard to tell if he's good or not because he plays for Cleveland. So it's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to see a lot of Cleveland games on. Uh, at least where I live, which is called America. Keith, I know you're forced to watch a lot of uh, Cleveland games. But uh, what happens to him is that I think he played his heart out for Cleveland. I remember watching his last game for Cleveland, and he like was playing with like a separated shoulder, and he's like all walking around, and his collarbone's broken, and he's throwing up every time that he's throwing the ball. He's playing his playing his heart out for Cleveland, but Cleveland doesn't love him, right? Cleveland's ready to to make a deal to get Deshaun Watson or whatever whatever their their next hope is. Or Cle- Cleveland's just so used to getting a new quarterback well, that they get uncomfortable when they have a, a, the same quarterback sticking. That's around. exactly what I was going to say. They're used to shuffling through quarterbacks. Yeah, Cleveland actually right now holds uh, a record that they're they're trading off with the Redskins for how often they they trade quarterbacks. So he he, he gets released. He goes and plays like a spectacular game for the Rams in which he gets off the plane and they put a jersey on his back that says Goff or something. And they just like go out there. And this is uh, when the Rams are already not going to win anything. They're not going to the postseason. And they say, just go out there, play your, your heart out. We're selling tickets for football games, so we should have a football game. Well, he goes out there and wins and shows that Baker, you know, under bad circumstances can play well. And so he gets picked up by Carolina, and then halfway through the season, he gets benched by, like, I don't even remember, some nobody. Like, Carolina, worst team. He's getting benched by nobodies, and he gets released. So what happens this year? The Buccaneers are just walking away. They were just had a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, the Tom Brady era, they were sort of a super team. Everyone wanted to play with Tom Brady in his last years. They made, uh, they made the Buccaneers a relevant team again. Uh, people cared about the Buccaneers. It was very disheartening to see, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, and and so uh, they paid him $4 million, which is a contract about half of what most backups are getting. And uh, they said, yeah, just do what you can. You know, we're taking a year off from the Super Bowl. You know, we don't even care. Like, we're trying to get out of here by a certain time. We, I've got tickets to Cancun the second week of January, so don't try too hard, Baker Mayfield. And so um, he goes out there and somehow – this wouldn't have happened any other year or, or most years, but the division was very weak. They went nine and eight, I believe. They won the division just barely over 500. And then they go into uh, the playoffs and they host the Eagles, who were a fraud team, which I was saying this way back in September that the Eagles were frauds and they would be exposed. I just had no idea that I would have to say, well, the Cowboys are frauds too. Like, I, I really only wanted it to be one of those things. But now Baker Mayfield goes out there and he balls out. So all these Buccaneers fans are basically given a treat. You know, they didn't expect all this. And 
they got they got to watch this and enjoy it. And and now, Jason, I ask you, uh, Detroit has won a, a, their first playoff game since you and I were in like third grade, and uh, like they were just getting back from Desert Storm, and uh, Achy Breaky Heart was on the radio when when they won their last one. Now the Buccaneers are all that we have to keep them from going to the NFC Championship game. Can the Buccaneers do it, Jason? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, they're perfectly capable. <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think they're going to do okay up in that cold Detroit weather up there? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, they they play in a dome. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, the the folks watching there was a press conference where a reporter who is almost as bad as me asked if they were doing any special preparations for the weather and they play inside. Uh, but <laughs> it seems like the Bucks were were able to really dismantle and open up the Eagles' defense. I mean, are you expect? Will it be a miracle if they can do that to Detroit? Because in in fairness, Detroit only won by one point against the Rams. Do you feel like, even though the Buccaneers are are underdogs, that they they might just squeak out a win and go to the NFC Championship game and be kind of a uh, kind of an NFC miracle? Uh, yeah, honestly, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't surprise me if they play like they did against against the Eagles. You know, um, they, I mean, really, that game should have been even more of a blowout if it weren't for all the easy drop passes that they had, you know, um, during that game, the receivers for the Bucks had. Um, so, you know, if they're clicking on offense like they were um, against Philly, then, then you know, I, I don't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they do come out with the win. Jason, I have to ask, are you watching Lord of the Rings in the background or what? what is going on back there? I was going to ask the same thing. Lord of the Rings? I, really? I hear some kind of crazy music. Is that coming from you? No, there's no music on it all. <laughs> Weird. I don't know where that's coming from. I have no explanation for that. That that and that is definitely not on my end either. It's <laughs> weird. How could it be coming from me? Are you watching Lord of the Rings yeah. <laughs> while you're hosting oh. this? <laughs> oh yeah, I was watching Lord of the Rings. I have no idea where that music came from. Uh that's okay. We only yeah, we only I... ruined like twenty minutes of the podcast, but that's all right. I'm glad that uh, uh, you're not watching Lord of the Rings, and then it's actually all my fault. No, because <laughs> um, I was going to chew your ass for that later, and now it's like uh, just one more thing that I, that I have fucked up. So, um, the Eagles are over and done with. Tush push was not enough to save Jalen Hurts from going home. Uh, this week, everyone's singing the praises of Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, uh, who I am coming to really enjoy. Um, are the are the no. Eagles gonna pick out? Uh, are they, is Mike Tomlin gonna go over there and come back, or have we finally seen the end uh, of the of the a powerful Eagles team, Jason? Or since you hate them so much because of baseball reasons, which is insane to me, what what do you think is gonna happen for the Eagles? It's hard to say. Um, you know, they, they obviously got a really talented team, and um, and I don't know what's going on with with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he just looked. I mean, he just looked completely deflated, you know. I mean, not just last week, but, you know, last couple months of the season. And so, I, you know, I have no idea what, what's going on or what's going to happen there with that team. Well, does and, – and my question, one question I had, and I, I posed it to a couple of buddies of mine, does does Nick Sirianni come back? I mean, Philadelphia is a, is a tough, tough place. I've never been there physically, but I know people that have been. I'm going to go there soon because I know that it's probably easier than this. So I'll just go over there with wearing my white jersey and just walk around town talking like I normally do. And I but, won't I won't have to feel pain much longer. 
<laughs> but do do they bring Nick Sirianni back? I mean, that that's my question. I mean, he took him to I the playoffs. So. I I, I, I mean, so. I think you have to. I think you have to. He's a, he took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I think you know Philadelphia doesn't forgive uh, mistakes as easily as some other teams. You know, case in point, they were throwing popcorn on him as he left the game. I don't know if yeah. you saw that, but somebody dumped they said, popcorn. Get the on him. fuck out of here is what they said. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that's now, Philadelphia for you. They're they're like the worst. Um, I, I guess uh, I I would be surprised if that was our last hush push that we'll ever see. I'm guessing in the off season, the commission. The rules committee is going to come out and say no more tush push, which I hate the Eagles, but I found that very innovative. And we talked about this before on the show, Jason, but yeah, uh, I don't think that we should eliminate things. I think I think defenses should find a way to to stop it. What should, what was your view on the tush push? Since I think you saw a few. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was it was every time I've seen it, it was I've never seen it. It worked every single time, and. And I, again, I I applauded them for coming up with that. I don't, I don't I I agree with you too, as well as that. I don't think it should be eliminated. Uh, and defenses need to adapt. And Tampa Bay did that. That was the first stop I've seen of the tush push all season when Tampa Bay stopped that, um, stopped them at the goal line. I I saw that. I, I actually uh, I enjoyed that play. I enjoyed seeing the, them being able to do that. That was really nice. I think the Patriots did stop them one other time, but it's like I'm not. I and I'm not good enough to like understand this but like how do you scheme to stop that i really think it's a bruce brute force situation yeah and oh, uh, absolutely and mm -hmm. uh, so so yeah. what what can you do but also their center uh jason kelsey is retiring so it's like he was mm -hmm. and i'm not surprised at all he probably put on a lot of miles this year doing that because without it you know they're score scoring quite a few quite quite fewer touchdowns this season I think uh, I think he just got tired of be being jammed in there. I think I think that uh, maybe they used him up a little bit early. I think he decided now he's he's going to start dating Taylor Swift. I think he's going to steal it, steal her from Travis, and he's going to start dating her. One of the uh, hotter takes I heard on a podcast about this past wildcard weekend was who got more airtime? Was it Taylor Swift or was it Jerry Jones? Because every time something went wrong, they showed Jerry, <laughs> and he would be he pulled up his hood and he's like, no, you know, and he's. You know, putting out hits on everybody who plays for the Packers, and unfortunately, looking, looking like Yoda, sit there with Luke Yoda, Cowell. Palpatine, one of those guys, possibly a Lord <laughs> of the Rings figure. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and out myself on the show now, since people already think so lowly of me that I uh, I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I know. Oh uh, yeah, I also wanted to address Jill in the chats. Jill, I did not unfriend you on facebook you still have my personal cell phone number so i don't know why you would feel sad you can just call me if you want to reach out to talk to me i did not will and to will cray i did not delete my account on facebook because of this although it certainly helped uh, i had a lot of bad things go wrong this week including like my, my cell phone was destroyed and uh, when i finally got back on instagram i had like 19 messages from people who were sending me all kinds of dallas cowboys memes so my phone being destroyed was actually kind of fortuitous uh so i didn't i didn't delete, they were worried about you i didn't delete facebook for that reason but i guess the timing of that made it makes it seem like maybe i was uh it was uh having a, a bad attitude about it. no it was just uh it was just time i'm i'm almost 40 and i'm i'm tired of uh i'm tired of the stupid ads on on facebook so you poor baby i know uh Kiefer, this uh round is for you uh we're gonna go ahead and talk about the kansas city game uh, Kansas City Fire Department saved 69 people at that game. Uh, it was one of the coldest games on record in NFL history. 15 were transported from the scene of Arrowhead Stadium. 
uh, as a firefighter, would you have been especially pissed, you know, if if Arrowhead Stadium was in your jurisdiction and you had to send extra guys over there and all the all the football fans are taking the cold weather as a personal challenge and they're drinking more to stay warm and they're taking their clothes off. Uh, I think this is your session where you get to bitch about stupid people. Go ahead. Oh, it's it, it, it's completely stupid. I mean, you and I talked about had I not had an engagement Saturday, we were going to go to the game because we were going to get tickets super cheap. But at four degrees below zero with a wind chill of minus 27, you are an absolute idiot. Absolute for, idiot. For some context, the, so here are some of the coldest games in NFL history. You, of course, have the Ice Bowl uh, in which the Cowboys defeated the Packers uh, for the NFL championship in 1967. The temperature was minus 13. The wind chill was minus 48. The Freezer Bowl, which I believe the Bengals played in, that was in 1982. The temperature was minus 9. The wind chill was a blistering minus 59. That's actually colder on that day than it was here this past weekend. We were actually at about minus 48 here this past weekend. And I'm telling you, I went outside because I had to do things. I had to fix cars and shovel snow. Was that was that wind chill or actual? Uh, wind chill is minus 48 and, and wind chill 48 here too. So the, temp- yeah. the temperature here was minus 17, wind chill minus 48, but it feels the same, right? right. I could tell you <laughs> that... Cold. There's no way you can play a skilled game in that because your hands don't work, right? So I have no idea how they, the Chiefs managed to go out there and play so well. I figured it'd be a very low-scoring game. It certainly was for a team that's used to playing in Miami. Uh, and then, of course, uh, some Vikings game in 2016 was minus 6, <laughs> and their wind chill was, uh, was uh, minus 25. In 2016, that had to be the year that they were actually – that was between their domes. They had to be playing at the University of Minnesota where the Gophers play that year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, because they were they were in the in the Metro Dome before, and now they're at. Uh, I always forget the name of the stadium. Is it Bank of America Stadium or American Bank Stadium or U.S. Bank Stadium? It's one of those really patriotic bank stadiums. It looks like uh, it looks like that big vehicle that the Sand People drive from Star Wars. Anyway, <laughs> oh uh, my god, you are so right. <laughs> well, I've been there a few times, and every time I've been there, the Cowboys have have won, and not like in a fake way, like when I said they won the Ice Bowl. Um, but uh, so they they have had a really cold game. Um, any I, more? I I did see a, a funny tweet from a Hall. Of, I don't know if he's actually Hall of Famer yet, but Kenny Anderson, who played in that uh, that freezer bowl for the Bengals, he. Uh, he posted something right before kickoff. He was like, yeah, whatever that temperature was, he was like, ah, oh, that's nothing. And whatever. And he he had a great game that that game, even though it was cold as balls. But the you know, these people, you know, you, you watched, you know, between the temperature of that Kansas City game and then the Buffalo game where all the guys, you know, were shoveling snow, they were paying 20 bucks an hour to to shovel seats off, you know, sh- you know, shovel snow out of the seats. Or you just saw people just traversing through, you know, up to you know mid thigh. You go to a game like that, you got to expect you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. So being a fireman, I'm sure they actually had extra units there ready to go. So it's not like somebody's calling nine one one and they're coming from a station. I'm I'm pretty sure that they had units there. But holy shit. The hypoth- and then you see the idiots standing there with no shirts on, just a okay. pair of jeans. Yeah, I I have no doubt they had a lot of people tasked. They probably have a, a, a couple of battalions there to deal with. It just the number of people makes Arrowhead a small city. Um, 
but 15 being transported from the scene how is that not like a burden on the can on the city of kansas city like they have ambulance coming to and to and fro from the stadium taking drunk frostbitten people uh you know uh so 15 were transported but 50 percent of the people who were treated so half of that 69 however you work that out it was all for cold related stuff and i guarantee you the rest was like alcohol related stuff because of course the, the chiefs won so I, I, exactly. I just felt, I, I know there weren't any really probably not any 911 dispatchers involved in that but I felt bad for the firefighters who had to be out in the cold who couldn't just, enjoy I mean, couldn't enjoy the game and uh had to deal with these idiots yeah I mean I mean that's it's a lot I mean, and for any big major sporting event at least here in Cincinnati they always you know they sometimes contract out you know ambulances and that but there's with that many people you're you're obviously gonna pull the the city units you know out of service but it's like you knew you knew what you were going into and all of a sudden you're like oh shit i'm really cold i'm i'm you know somebody had to call you know an usher or they're calling 911 from their phone whatever but watching all all of that and watching these idiots in fucking no shirts not not dressed for the weather i mean you you live in a, a lot colder climate than i do and it was 12 degrees yesterday and i'm like dude fuck this i need to go south it, it's ridiculous i i don't like i don't like to be cold and i don't want to go to a game that's super super you know freezing and when you see and most of the most of these people that were transported i would will be willing to bet were not dressed for the occasion uh i'm i well we saw you know i don't have any pictures handy but you, if you google it you'll see people who had their shirts off people acting like idiots a lot of other people were just like in body paint and stuff which of course doesn't retain your heat at all but um no uh so they'll get contracted ambulances these are usually the ambulances that just there's certain ambulance companies that exist just for transporting the dead like just from point a to point b they have a dead person in there they've got to go by ambulance because that's the law and so they'll pull those units you know they're usually the no offense, because we love all first responders, even if it's, you know, the, the people that just transport dead bodies. Um, they're usually the not great paramedics, I guess, or maybe they're just EMTs, which is I'm not just EMTs. I like I love you all. But yeah, they're probably <laughs> using those services. Sorry. You know, you're an EMT. I, I try to get through a, a show at least once without insulting you, Keeper. And I, I'm not sure if I've ever been able to do that. Um, yeah, anyway, you're I, doing great. You're doing great. Sorry. Uh, any other final NFL playoff reactions? I am. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm in for the for the Detroit Lions now. Obviously, we had a tough game a couple weeks ago. I do like history whenever it's made because I'm such a history buff. Um, I guess I would like to see uh, the Lions returning to the NFC Championship, and then if they go to the Super Bowl, it'll be their first in franchise history. Back, I mean, they've been around since you know the 30s. They've been around 90 years. It's been a long time since they've been around. They've, they're the only NFC team to never go to the Super Bowl, so. If they go this year, uh, it'll it'll be history and making. And uh, what what did I tell you last week? Uh, you what was your prediction at, again? Well, you yelled at me because I went out of my conference, but I I was like I'm I'm all in on the Lions at this point, guys. Because, I was on meth last yeah, week. I told you that. I told you I was doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you can't go out of your conference. I was but, no. I was I was no. Just keep going. Go ahead. Who's your prediction now? Now that we have eight teams left. I, I mean, I, I still I still stick by the Lions only because, and, and some of it's heart at this point. I mean, I have a lot of a lot of friends up in Michigan. They're obviously ecstatic, you know, with with what the Lions have done. Now, that's I mean, Baker Mayfield the way he played 
last week. Holy shit. Like that scares the hell out of me. But I think the Lions can actually do it. I actually think the Lions can make it through. They just, you know, as long as they keep doing what they're doing. You know, Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. And a On cheater. The defensive side of the ball, he is a crazy son of a bitch. Nobody kicks like he does. He kicks so well that the other team gets penalties. Sorry, I'm still a little sorry about that. Uh, so what happened with the Rams, though, is they melted down a little bit. They used their timeouts too early. They didn't. They had a yeah. possession when it could have ended in a field goal attempt, but they decided to kneel it out or whatever. Um, so, so I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what what Jason's predictions are. I was about to ask him, J- Jason. Now that uh, now that now that we're down to eight teams, who do you see going to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I mean, I, I, it's hard to pick against San Francisco. You know, I mean, just the way they've been playing all season, and obviously we'll, we'll get an idea of where they're at. Um, you know, this weekend against the Packers. Um, you know, I, I do like the Lions. You know, my Bucks are playing. I'm going to be rooting hard for my Bucks. But if if if, if the Lions win that game, then um, I'll be rooting for the Lions. Um, um, even though I don't know if the state of Michigan can handle that much success in one season after the Wolverines won the championship, it's a lot. Um, but we'll we'll see if we'll see if they can do that. <laughs> Jason, I don't know if you saw our last week's episode, but uh, Kiefer brought on uh, Thomas Gwines, who used to play offensive tackle many years with the Wolverines. Played with Tom Brady, went on to have a pro career for the Cardinals and the Canadian Football League, NFL Europe. A stunning football career. I've got you on because I went to grade school with you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I can't hold a candle to that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you're you're a good guy too. Uh, you know, I never even came to even one of your games, but I know that uh, I know the girls thought you played well because they were always asking me for your number. They were never asking me. Uh, Wayne, you Wayne, you were the go between. Wayne says Texans and Lions. I got to be honest, that would be great because the Texans uh, have been an AFC team that have never been in the Super Bowl either. You know, they've only been around since 2002. Seeing that would be stunning because either way, someone's coming out of that winning a Super Bowl they've never done before. I, I don't like have any. Stroud. I'd like to see Stroud being a Buckeye. I would like to see Stroud do well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i honestly, to be honest, I'm, I'm starting to kind of buy in on the greatness of, of CJ Stroud. So I like the Cowboys players, but there's also, I, I'm a, I'm a football fan larger than that. And that's, you know, why I'm still paying attention and why probably why I'm still alive tonight. <laughs> but um, CJ Stroud, I, I wanted to, to mention this. I didn't get a, any graphics, but uh, he was interviewed by NBC post game. And uh, the, the rep- sideline reporter said, you know, CJ, you know, what do you think about winning this playoff game? And, and, and what are your thoughts? And he goes, you know, first of all, I'd like to thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and savior who put me on this earth and put me in a position where I could be quarterback for the Houston Texans. And I thank God for all my success. And he, so he says all these things that are not very PC and they're very Christian and they're very unapologetic. NBC sliced that out of the live interview. All of a sudden he's just at a different angle. He's just like, yeah, it's nice to be loved in Houston, you know, and it's just, you know, meanwhile, they, they, meanwhile he's wearing a Jesus Christ shirt. I know. Uh, he, had, he had a shirt with Jesus Christ on it and they yeah. cut all that out. Kiefer, I, I know, uh, I know you a little bit. I, I know that you're not, you know, yeah, and I don't want to dox you or anything. Like your faith is your personal business. But what do you think about that when, uh, when the media goes to extraordinary lengths to censor uh, harmless speech about somebody's faith? Does that does that bother you, or does it? Maybe you might am, am I making too big a deal out of it. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, if, if that's he's wearing that shirt, I mean, I I saw like the 
like you said, he didn't have a graphic. I saw the, the, the shirt that he was wearing and I listened to that press conference. I didn't see, I didn't see that the cutout part, like where they blasted, but I heard people talking about, it, you know, just reading articles and whatever. But I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, if that's what that young man wants to attribute his, you know, his livelihood, he was like, football has given me a good life, but Jesus has given me more. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you argue that right, wrong or indifferent? I don't understand how you can argue that, but you know, mainstream media, you can't, y'all, you can't say those things. I think, and, it, I think it's absolutely, and I'm going to say it absolutely fucking ridiculous. Thank you for using the F word to defend. Yes, uh, the no, it's fine. I mean, like I'm a, I'm a Christian and I swear too. I will say this uh, and then I'm going to ask Jason the same question. I was listening to a podcast once that had uh, the last interview of Cowboys coach Tom Landry before he died. He was oh. a coach of the Cowboys for 30 years. He was their first coach, their, their most successful coach, arguably. Uh, and uh, the interviewer asked him one final question. So this is the last media question to Tom Landry ever. And I think there might be a reason for this. He says, you know, Tom, you were a coach for so many years. You were the first coach of the Cowboys. Two Super Bowl wins. You went to so many NFC championships, so many winning seasons, so many great players, so many Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame career yourself. What is it that you want to be remembered for after you're gone? And he said, I want to be remembered for how many men we brought to Jesus Christ. And it's just like he's so, you know, he has accomplished as much as anyone in football, maybe not as much as uh, Shula. uh, And there's some others. But what he wanted to be remembered for was uh, his contribution uh, to bringing people into the kingdom of God. And it's just like and after that, the interview is just like, well, that concludes this interview. I think (laughs) I think uh, when people aren't ready for that, that it makes them uncomfortable, which I understand because it's like I'm doing it right now because I knew I was going to. But. It, it can be hard to uh, d- dive into religion or politics and sports. So I kind of understand that, but I wish they wouldn't edit him. Jason, uh, do you have any takes on that? Or do you just, you have any favorite uh, Christian athletes or any athletes that are open about your faith? Do you appreciate that? Does it annoy you? What do you think? No, I appreciate them being open and honest about it because I know, you know, they're kind of probably more than likely in the minority in that, and they're still willing to speak out in front of everybody, um, their, 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 their faith. And, and yeah, I, I I had no idea that NBC had done that. I'm gonna have to look into that. That, that I'm like getting red in the face right now, just thinking about that they would actually edit that like he was going on some kind of you know tirade and and cursing and swearing and cussing everybody out when all he was doing was professing his faith. So. Ironically, you could be Antonio Brown and you could say those things on NBC, and they would not edit you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, you, you could be saying terrible things and you know you might get canceled later if you're kanye and you're saying you like hitler like i'm not saying there's not consequences for things but it's just it's just funny because it seems like we tolerate uh behavior from uh people who aren't very uh nice but if someone just comes out and says like i, I place my faith in jesus it's you know that we have to censor them so that did happen jason if you just google it uh i believe on uh, yeah. on yeah. x or twitter they play the unri- they play the, the full interview where he makes a, a profession of faith. I have a, I have a few favorite athletes who it, it just makes me. Uh, I admit it. I just I like them more for that that they're just willing to be bold about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. No pun intended, but you know, God forbid somebody accepts the gift that they've been given. I mean, they have been given a gift to be able to get into the league, and then I mean, C.J. Stroud, being young, super young, 
coming in and leading his team, which that team has, has made the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but C.J. Stroud played his balls off this year. One of the few Ohio State quarterbacks that has gone into the league and actually performed. So, but, you know, he, want, he wants to praise Jesus Christ and for everything he's thankful for. And then you're going to cut that out. And that's mainstream media doing. And that's why we do these podcasts on, you know, FCC can't, you know, doesn't regulate. I mean, YouTube will, will throttle, you know, things down and whatever. But this is the censorship that we're dealing with on an everyday basis. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and you think it wouldn't be coming up in sports, and you know this is a post game interview, right? Like it's all—they're all usually the same. Like yeah. you know what went right to they're like, oh, you know, I, my team did a great job. I've got to do better in the pocket, obviously. But next week we're going to keep striving and do better every week. Like they're all these interviews are always the same. Uh, so it's it's not it's it's not like they're terribly important or a lot of people are watching. And I just I don't get the effort uh, to cut that out. And and to be honest with you, if you're not a person of faith or you're a person of a different faith. And uh, that stuff annoys you like just go get a bag of chips or go to the bathroom. Like, don't let that ruin your day. If somebody's on TV and saying something that bugs you, like just whatever. I, I don't know how we live in an era where the squeakiest wheels get the grease. It used to just be the case like at work, but now it's everywhere in society. So, well, and, and I work I work with people at the firehouse that have different faiths than I do. I'm not super religious, but I can respect it. Right. And. I will like, you know, our buddy, my buddy, Rob from one morning out of here is not doing well. I'm saying a prayer each night to make sure that, that he's doing better or hopefully he gets better. I'm not, I'm not a godly guy. I don't go to church, but I respect whatever you're going to do. And I'm not going to censor you and be like, Ooh, well, I can't be around it. If hypothetically, and I don't have this, but if you have to bow to the, you know, bow to the East every, you know, every so often with, with, with your prayer rug, then do it. That's fine. I, I'll accept that. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it or I can accept it and it's fine. Do, do your thing. I don't understand why the media has to get involved with so much of this bullshit. Uh, you know, I could, I, if you really wanted to sound like the Wednesday show, I could open up to you about how, you know, general electric has uh, certain donors from certain people who, really want the state to be the supreme god of our lives and not something else and they would prefer to destroy the family in in service of a supreme socialist state i could go down that that whole rabbit yeah. hole but but really it's you know it's it's really about just making sure that they don't uh, offend anyone with traditional ideas I, again the world the culture has shifted to where we will embrace uh what in the 90s we would have called extreme we would have called bizarre we would have called uh, sickening depraved disturbing uh, but today we 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 open that we embrace that with open arms and we uh, we run away from traditional values and God at, at uh, breakaway speed. And you look at this country and uh, you people will say, well, thank goodness we're getting away from organized religion. I ask you, sir, is, are we a better country today than we were 50 years ago? Now, we were not a good or perfect or well, we, you know, we're I think we're basically good, but we're not a perfect country in the 50s, but we're not better now because we're running away from organized religion. You can't say you cannot objectively say on the whole, our entire country is getting better. And part of that is running away from organized religion. Well, and here's, here's uh, the thing. Would, you, you have a 24 year old kid or 23, 24 year old kid who is playing a kid's game, getting paid a lot of money and has made a successful 
run with his team, and he's just praising praising where he came from. I mean, I don't understand why that's wrong, but that's that's my take. Jason, what what's yours? You were about to, to weigh in there on the whole situation. Yeah, I was. I mean, I don't even know if it's even just organized religion in general. I think it's just Christianity. I mean, if he if if Stroud had said praise Allah for these gifts or something. I can guarantee that NBC probably would not have censored that. I completely agree with yep. that. I think I yep. think that's an interesting take and a hot take, and I appreciate you for saying that. I, I didn't necessarily think that, but I definitely agree. <laughs> well, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying like that hadn't occurred to me that if he had if he had said uh, you know praise be to to Allah and Muhammad peace be upon him and all that, I, I think they would have uh, they would have cheered that and they probably would have been uh, making a big deal out of him as being you know. Uh, uh, quarterback who is of muslim faith they probably would have um mm-hmm. i appreciate that you guys went on a, a little uh controversial uh, road <laughs> with me there i, I do, I do, I do wanna, like joe i do like jill billy's comment though if you could read that uh what what does she say what did old jill billy say who thinks that i'm uh erasing her from my life it's okay for celebrities to thank god in their acceptance speech it's as though god gives a shit who wins the emmy but it's not okay for an NFL player to mention. Thank you, Jill. That's a very good point. As Russell That's Wilson right. said, God was created by football, or football was created by God, and God cares about football. Um, you could you could argue about that whether or not God created everything, right? So uh, God cares about everything that goes on. I think He does care about the affairs of man. I think He's alive and active in the world. That doesn't mean to say that He has a favorite football team. Although if He did, I would know who it is. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, even if there's uh, not always evidence of that every year, that's what makes it faith and not simply just, you know, going by sight. Man, I'm down a huge rabbit hole here. Thank you, uh, Jill, for that comment. That was uh, very good. Um, yeah, they they thank God in their acceptance speeches for their Emmys and, and all that. I will say, uh, Jay, uh, Kiefer, as a firefighter and someone who does important work on the earth, and Jason as well, because I don't know if I mentioned this, but you're the police of the sea. Uh, we do kind of important work. The police of the sea? Is that what you said? Yeah, he's actually an ocean cop. I didn't introduce him by uh, what he does for a living, but uh, he he's uh, he's like Aquaman, but with a badge. Anyway. I love it. Jason, yes, we we'll, need to become best friends. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, so we do important work. Uh, there's not some annual uh, ceremony for us for all the good that we do. Uh, you know, it just, it always amazes me that, you know, someone will go out and make a good movie and, uh, you know, they can embody Forrest Gump and come away with a, a with an award for that. And uh, meanwhile, you know, you can uh, you can pull a, a kid out of a of a pool that has water in their lungs and save their life. And you know, nobody cares about that, Kiefer. So, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Until it hits the news. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Until it's somebody somebody important's kid. Anyway, uh, we'll get off of this because it's kind of heavy for a Thursday night. I did want to talk. A little bit of baseball. Um, I got some questions for you, Jason, as a lifelong baseball fan. You you have grown up with me, more or less, or you have watched me grow. You have watched yourself grow up and me be there as a child all these years, not growing up, <laughs> not becoming more mature. And you know that I have been so stupid about baseball my whole life. But uh, something that was uh, actually an idea that I had or I had heard of a few years ago was something called the pitch clock. Now, the NFL or football has a, a, a game clock where every 40 seconds or so in the NFL, it's 40 seconds. You have to snap the ball, meaning uh, you don't just get to wait around indefinitely uh, to keep the game progressing. You get a penalty for delay of game and you move back five yards if you're not out there snapping the ball or using your timeouts as appropriate. Baseball 
has been losing viewers since the strike in the 90s. They're kind of struggling uh, to remain relevant. It seems like only the postseason and the World Series really draws a lot of crowds. Is the is the MLB saving baseball by bringing in the pitch clock, or are they destroying the integrity of the game by changing the strategy and shortening games? Uh, is it reducing your enjoyment experience after a season of the pitch clock? Was it right or wrong? <laughs> well, I can't say because I don't know what the viewership was like if they actually did attract more viewership because of it. Um, but it, it did accomplish their goal in shortening the game for sure. Um, but at the same time, I do think it cost them a little bit of integrity of the game because, um, as I've mentioned to you before, you know, one of the great things about baseball is that it's one of the few sports where you're not fighting a clock. You know, it's just you and your opponent. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one of the, you know, one of the purities that I love about baseball is that there's just no clock. Um, everybody gets equal opportunity to come through and um, you're not having to worry about fighting the clock as well. So, so, so my take on it is I, I saw a statistic that they said that adding that pitch clock in roughly rough numbers cut a baseball game down by like 30 minutes. So, and, and correct me, correct me if, if, if you saw something different, but so that 30 minutes, I get that. I mean, baseball is a long, I mean, if you go down to the ballpark or if you're sitting there watching it on TV, but if you go to the ball, if I go to the ballpark, I'm going for the experience and just be there and whatever. I don't care how long I'm there. If I'm watching it on TV. Yes, I agree. So they said 30 minutes roughly is what was was taken out of what it was, you know, five years ago. We had a guy here in Cincinnati who Sean Casey was a first baseman. He got nicknamed the mayor, but he would he would literally like as he's, he'd step out of the batter's box. He, he's hitting hit batting gloves. I mean, just like he had a tick that that was his thing. So like, you know, and superstitions are superstitions in baseball and that's just the way it works. But he would literally like constantly redo his, redo his batting gloves, get it. And it did. It, it took forever. Now I love Sean Casey. I love the mayor, but it does get everybody. You got to get set. You got to get ready to go and, and let's move, move down the road. So the pitch clock, I didn't like it at first when they said it now having a season and going to multiple games in person and watching it, I can see where, where it, it is a benefit. Wayne in the chat says, uh, he goes to about a hundred games a year, which Holy shit. Uh, he, I want to hang out that, with him. Holy he fuck. Says, he <laughs> says the strikeouts on pitch timers were bullshit, but the pacing of the game is good in the ninth inning or overtime. They should do away with it though. Do you th guys think that they should get rid of it? If they've, if you've already got to the ninth inning and you've already cut significant time out of the game, you think you should go back to, uh, especially since that's the inning in which the winners decided, or overtime? Do you think you should go back to the traditional way of playing at the end? Well, my my opinion, like with the extra inning stuff, like where they throw, where they throw, you get a runner on second immediately. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Like, so when you go into extra innings, they set somebody up on on second base. I I don't agree with that shit at all. Jason, what is he talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, so if you go in the extra innings, <laughs> they uh, the, the they started this a couple years ago where, um, yeah, the the in the tenth inning, um, they automatically the team that's batting um, gets their runner at second base. Um, and and again, I, I didn't like that either, and I still don't. I still don't like it. Um, Thank you, Steve. We should. I don't be- really think. It, it, yeah. se- it seems like cheating. I get that they're, you know, it's, in many ways, what it is like is, so So football has changed the way that the game clock works. I know that NCAA is changing the way their game clock works. You know, at certain situations in the college game, you know, if they're getting a first down in the last two minutes of the half, uh, they get a first down, the clock stops. Or there's various ways that you can control the clock, and they change the rules for that. Uh, in overtime, in NCAA and other divisions, uh, it's basically, uh, you know, uh, it's not like the NFL where they're just continuing to play the game as normal, right? Like the offense is set up at the end zones and they get to four downs to go in and score and the other team has a chance to match that. So I, I get that there's a kind of going after college football style of an, an altered game where it's almost like a, you know, uh, you guys ever played Monopoly with the with like you know the super dice or whatever where you go around the board faster? It's essentially that. It's a way to soup up the game, make it faster, maybe more exciting. I don't know. So I guess I understand kind of the reason of that. But I have to say, even as a casual person who's watched baseball, I, I really don't like that at all. And when I saw that uh, at a game I watched last season, I I really didn't care for that. Uh, I know that uh, Michael Hendricks says, "Let's go Indians." The Indians are actually my team, uh, Michael. Why did why are they my team? Because uh, and Jason will uh, be able to tell you this, but I tried to get into baseball a few years ago. I'm still doing that. Uh, but um, Jason wanted to know what team I would be a fan of. And I said, well, you know what? I want to be a Cleveland Indians fan. Well, they're still the Cleveland Indians because I guarantee you they're going to change the name here in one or two years time. And sure enough, now they're the Guardians, which is a terrible name. So, But uh, just like I still refer to Washington as the Redskins on the show, I'm going to still refer to them as the Indians. Yep. So. Uh, Jason, uh, what, how, do, how are the Braves going to do this here? Are you guys going to take it all again? Or are the uh, Colorado Rockies going to mess you up? Or I remember you hated them in the 90s. I don't know if you still hate them or not. Um, no, I, don't, I, I have no beef with the Rockies. They haven't been relevant for a while. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, we got some. We got Chris Sale. Which we, you know, we needed, we needed starting pitching. Um, it, he's not the the guy I hoped they would have gotten in the off season. Um, I was really hoping they would they would get Aranola, um, but that fell through and um or Dylan Cease. But uh, I know the White Sox are asking way too much for him, way too many prospects. Um, and the Braves don't have they're not very prospect rich right now. <clears throat> but so we'll see how the how Sale does and how those other some of the other relievers they picked up um this off season too. Uh, and you know, obviously, they're all sales a good pick, though. He is a good pick, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so you know, all injuries always play a role. And what's going to happen? Um, I do like the team, I think they're you know, they're going to be good again. Now, are they going to be able to compete with <laughs> with the Dodgers who went, went around and just bought everybody and anybody available? Um, I mean, that team is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, this coming spring, I mean, on paper, I mean, that's man, they're stacked. So um, we'll we'll see. How, it's going to be an interesting race here in the, in the National League for sure. Kiefer, how are the Reds going to do? Uh, we 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 picked up some uh, some good pitching. Um, 
they are projected as it sits right now to be like in the bottom half of of the National League. But I again that's on paper. But we we picked up some some pretty good pitching prospects. Our our offense was was really really good last year. So we I mean we'll see how it goes. And to Jason's point, I mean injuries and everything else, and then we still got a little bit of time. Of who's gonna how things are going to get shuffled out and who's getting paid and who's not. But I mean, I, I think we got a good shot. We'll see. We got a very, very young team. So hopefully that, that will, you know, throw some spark into it. So we'll see what happens. Question for both you guys. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, cause I don't know much. That's why Jason's here. And also to keep me from killing myself. Um, <laughs> baseball, baseball players get guaranteed contracts. Right. Yeah, they can. Okay. So, cool. but uh, they they also, J- uh, my friend Jason alleges, and this may be true. I'm not arguing, but he says they get injured as much or more than football players who don't get guaranteed contracts. And if I'm not wrong, they get paid a lot more than football players. Why is actually, those things? Actually, you bring you bring your <laughs> up and keep talking because I'm going to look this up. So, so yeah, so, so they get guaranteed contracts in baseball. So if they get hurt or whatever, that doesn't affect their contract or correct me if I'm wrong, they get paid a lot more, which this is a sport that, and no offense to baseball, I'm liking baseball more and more and more, and I'm understanding it more. The reason why baseball is not as popular in this country as football is, is because the way that is the way that it translates to media, right? Like baseball used to be number one in this country in the era of personal spectatorship in the era of radio because a radio game or excuse me, a baseball game could be enjoyed on the radio just as well as if you're there. Uh, even reading box scores in the newspaper, you can understand a baseball game very well on TV, you know, without the pitch clock there, it kind of lags a little bit. You kind of have to really be into baseball to enjoy it on TV. Whereas football was a game when they had the 1958 world championship, the greatest game ever played the Colts and the giants championship, uh, the overtime championship, the first uh, game that was decided national championship decided in overtime. It was a game that translated very well to TV. Like there was a point where uh, black and white television, they actually played with, with white painted footballs because when you watch the balls being thrown and carried on black and white TV, you could see the ball better if it was white. So when that happened, football became the, the sport of this new media, which is television. Of course, television's everywhere now. Very few people are listening to traditional radio and things like the strike, you know, and, and various changing things have, have moved people away from baseball. So I'm not questioning whether or not baseball is good. I have to say this because Jason just spent the last 30 years taking shit from me about how baseball is trash. And I'm sorry for all that. <laughs> uh, but what, but why is it that they're being paid more and why they're getting guaranteed contracts, but in football, which is, you know, they're getting, they're getting some pretty grievous injuries. Like some people sometimes are, are paralyzed playing football. It happens now and then it's a dangerous oh, sport. It's a contact sport. Why is it, uh, why is it that baseball be, players are being paid so much? And I'm not asking for their salaries to come down because I would never be envious of someone. I just want to know why that is. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely more of a collision sport and the injuries in football are more egregious than, than baseball. So, so I just looked it up. So the league minimum for baseball right now is seven hundred and twenty thousand. That's league minimum, and NFL is seven fifty. So you got a thirty thousand dollar difference in the league, just the league minimum, just to 
as soon as you're you're put on the roster, boom, that that's that's your salary. So the guaranteed contracts, I you know, Deshaun Watson was you know the first to be like, holy shit, every, <laughs> he got all his money guaranteed, and we'll, we'll see what that did. But baseball, I don't I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure out like the best way to put this. You're playing 162 games. Now, you may not play every every game, right? Good point. Good point. So it's 162 games versus seven, 18 weeks. And if you go to the postseason further, it's it, that does wear on your body a little bit more. That's, I mean, that's my take is, I mean, your season, your season's like fucking seven months long. It's over 500 games. And uh, another obvious point was made in the chats was that uh, baseball teams are a lot smaller. You know, an NFL team is 53 players plus practice squad. So I get that. Jason, what else am I missing about this obvious point about baseball, about why yeah. they paid so much? Because yeah. there's there's players who play who haven't played baseball in years, and they're still they're still being paid by teams, right? Because of the way they oh, structured yeah. the contract. Bobby, Bobby yeah. Bonilla um, Day, July 4th. Ken yeah. Griffey Jr. Yep. since they read, who's still getting paid. I think this yeah. is his last year, actually, but. Yeah. But but Jason, what what are your thoughts on that? So the the the, the main thing is is there's no salary cap in baseball like there is in football, um, and so that the, the sky is the ceiling. There, there is a luxury tax, um, but obviously those big name those big market clubs like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, they don't they could care less about the luxury tax. It doesn't mean anything to them. Um, and then also the, the the next biggest thing, which they just did with you know when they signed when the Dodgers signed Otani was deferring the payment like they originally did with, with Bobby Bonilla, um, but even to the extreme with Otani where he's only getting paid $20 million um, for the 10 years he's with the Dodgers. And then after his 10 years are up, he'll be getting paid $53 million a year or, or, or somewhere, I don't know, some ridiculous number a year after his 10 years are up. So that allows the Dodgers to stay under that, um, luxury tax threshold or whatever. There's different levels of it. It's really complicated. Uh, and again, part of that too is because the players union in MLB is a lot stronger than the, than the NFL players union and the players don't want a salary cap because they want to be able to have the opportunity to make as much money as possible. How, was how, how great How great a contract was that? And, and I was going to bring this up when we first started this illegal shift. Because Otani had just signed his his contract, how great a structure was that for his agent to be able to get that done? That that guy, I mean, he he's making peanuts now, but holy mm-hmm. shit! I mean, yep. what a way to wait a way to what a way to structure that contract! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. What do you guys? Uh, I was about to praise the uh, the baseball for not having a salary cap because I find the salary cap to be very communistic, particularly since the Cowboys could go out and buy anybody with as big as they are and as much money as they have. But then you guys have a big union in baseball, so that's pretty commie. So I now I don't know what to think. Uh, <laughs> that that was bothersome. You're all big. Uh, I believe it was uh, Wayne who said, uh, yeah, he said, bring back steroids, make baseball truly great again. Even I was aware of the whole Barry Bonds thing. You guys want to see that again? I, I see have the often, size of his head. I have often said performance enhancing drugs should be mandatory. You know, so I just wonder <laughs> what you guys think about that. 
<laughs> you have you have to take this. <laughs> Here's your packet of pills. Take them every day. I mean, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, that that whole home run race, the greatest baseball movie ever made, nineteen or uh, sixty one asterisk sixty one, however you want to word it. Uh, directed by Billy Crystal, one of the greatest movies about the Maris and Mickey Mantle, fucking home run chase. Oh my god! What what mm-hmm. movie was that? Uh, Sixty one. Jason, have you mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah, I have. It's been a while since I've seen it though, but it was good. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys about movies because like I am trying to become a baseball fan like before uh, opening day so that I could talk about baseball on the show. <laughs> and uh, to fulfill my promise to baseball, to become a lover of baseball, uh, what are the what are the best baseball movies in you guys' opinions? Uh, what should I be watching? I, I've seen Field of Dreams probably one time, uh, Major League maybe, or like, what do you guys think I should be watching? To, to <laughs> what what perfectly encapsulates the spirit of baseball that will make me love uh, the spirit of the game? Jason, I'll start with you. Yeah, Jason, you go first. <laughs> All right. Well, so, um, The Natural, I think, is a great baseball movie. I'm actually not a huge fan of Field of Dreams. I think it's okay, but I know I think I think it's a little bit um, overdone. <laughs> yeah, you've always been um, very anti-ghost. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and well, and then one of and one of my favorites and is is The Sandlot. I mean, it's hard to beat The Sandlot. See, I love that one. I love the that pure. One. The pure love of baseball, which you don't see anymore. You don't see just neighborhood kids, at least I haven't seen it where I live, playing, just getting together and playing baseball on a diamond in, in every day in the heat of summer, you know, just because they love playing. I, and that, I, and that's, what, that's what kids went outside and actually did shit. I, I can tell you why mm-hmm. that is. Twofold reasons. Number one, again, it's not, you know, in the era of TV being the major thing uh, and they're, they don't baseball is not as popular it's harder to organize a football game believe me i've tried to put together a dad's after school football league for many years and i cannot get two people together to play with me um but uh also here's a fun fact for both of you guys when kids go out inside and play do you know what happens people fucking call 911 on them they said that they're out there doing mischief if you guys uh there was a post today on instagram i'm sorry i should have i should have brought it on the show but somebody called 911 or they called the police because there's these kids outside sledding down the street there's a there's a neighborhood street it's got a it's got a, a bank so like they're going downhill they're getting on these plastic sleds on their stomach and they're going downhill they're just they're just playing outside on a snow day somebody called the police on them right for having mm-hmm. having a childhood so what do the police officers mm-hmm. do to commend the police officers, which always, you know, bothers me. But uh, they went out there and the cops were sledding down the hill, too, which I just have to love because, of course, the Karens were looking out the window and they called the police. There, Now the police are playing with the kids and ruining the day and all this. I just love that. But some of it's cultural. Some of it's just uh, I think a lot of it has to do with um, social media and uh, the separation of kids from each other because they'd rather play video games. But also, uh we have really, uh, I think we've generally demonized sports for children. You know, we, we make it all about, um, when they do play organized sports, you know, everyone's a winner or whatever. Uh, as someone who is often shamed for my lack of, uh, athletic ability, I think all the people who felt like me growing up, to, uh, are now in charge of the rule and make the rules and decide that, you know, no one should ever feel bad, which is a mistake. And, you know, so how often are kids being playing baseball? Do our parents instilling, 
the, the, the spirit of the game, the importance of organized sports, particularly baseball. Last week, we had Thomas Gwines talking about how football is slowly being made illegal in California. They're passing or attempting to pass a bill to make uh, contact football, you know, illegal for yeah, anyone man. under 12. So I think I think our culture's uh, getting away from sports. And that's uh, if, if the culture's doing it, then I need to go the other way. So I'm going to try to embrace baseball. But Kiefer, what are your favorite baseball movies? Uh, Dave J threw a ton out that I didn't have a chance to, but like Bull, Bull Durham. Durham, Bull Durham was you. fantastic. Uh, Eight Man Out was great. Like I said, sixty one. If you've never watched it, you know the which you know in our lifetime with the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire home run chase, it it brings all of that to light. I mean, there's so many goes, but the natural. I mean, the natural is probably my favorite. So I'm glad that's- Jason said that one because that's. You know, you got you got the bat Wonder Boy, which I mean, if you watch mm-hmm. the movie, you'll understand. But I mean, just so, I mean, there's so many good ones out there. And Field of Dreams, I agree with Jason, is okay. I can, I mean, I can watch it and I understand it and I get it. Would I like to go out mm-hmm. there when they play a game? Now that they're actually having pro games out there in that field, I think that'd be pretty cool. But uh, mm-hmm. Eight Men Out, I have to grab onto because it has. It you know it deals with Shoeless Joe Jackson and nineteen nineteen uh, Black Sox scandal with the Reds, so I yeah. kind of grab onto that. But even even I know about that scandal. They uh, they took money to throw the to throw the World Series, which I can't even imagine doing. Um, there's been some betting scandals in the NFL lately, but uh, nothing on that level. Right. Um, and there's there's another recent movie too that I recommend, and and I'm a little bit biased because it involves the Atlanta Braves. But and Clint Eastwood um, is trouble with the curve. Um, yes, I that was yes. a really good baseball movie. Yeah. Did you say that was a Clint Eastwood movie? Yes. Yeah, you he directed. You know, I love me some Clint, so that's probably a good <laughs> yeah. a good place to start. Was Trouble with the Curve is the name of it? Oh, the rookie. Curve. And, and the rookie, the rookie is another good one with uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. That's the yeah. the rookie was Kevin Costner in The Natural too. No. Who no. Robert Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Robert Redford. Okay. Uh, a League of Their Own is a movie I've seen many times, actually. Uh, I've probably seen that baseball movie more than anything else. I think that's an extraordinary story and a pretty good movie. Um, I've been told not to cry a lot, that there's no crying was, in baseball. I was going to say, there's no crying in a legal shift, John. Uh, I'm allowed to cry here. Uh, that is in my contract. That I don't get paid, but I get to cry. Um, <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. I think we mentioned that one a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, little, little Big League. That's a good one. What's the one where the kid hurts his arm and it heals? Little big wrong? That's it. No, no, no. no, that's the rookie, right? Where his arm heals wrong and then it has like a superpower, like ligaments yeah, that's, or super that, That's little big league. Oh no, that's that's rookie of the year. Rookie was the, the one year. where you hurt his arm. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, my bad. My bad. No, that's okay. I mean, I don't. I you know, I'm mistaking uh, Robert Redford for. Uh, now I'm gonna Costner, cry. So, so now no I'm one's worse. No one's worse than me. Uh, folks, if you have a favorite uh, baseball movie, you know, uh, send it to, to me on uh, Difficult to Look at Pictures. That's where you can reach me on Instagram. If you wanted to reach me on Instagram, maybe you don't want to. Uh, but uh, Kiefer, uh, where can they find you if they wanted to reach out and talk to you? Uh, we're at uh, One More and I'm Out of Here uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my personal is at jkeefe twenty one. I do. I do want to say any any prayers from the Wolfpack people for uh, one of my co-hosts, Rob, who's not doing well. He's in the hospital right now, and uh, 
any prayers you can throw up, whatever, whatever it is you do, throw good vibes out because uh, w- w- we need some right now. But uh, not to completely bring it completely oh. down. He 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 need, he needs some help. So I I joked about it last week. I want to I want to mention that Rob you know got a kick out of my uh, talking about him last week. But uh, he he's not he, doing well. He, he and, did uh, he did laugh. <laughs> he did laugh. But uh, I will say you know we want nothing but the best for Rob. Uh, do pray for him. I believe in the power of prayer. It's the most powerful thing you can do if you get God on your side in a situation or come to understand what His plan is for your life or someone else's life that matters. I think that's the most important thing you could do. But 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 ask for his intervention. I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think that you should uh, just say uh, your thoughts and prayers very lately. I think I think that should be a serious request when we're talking about a friend's life. So, Rob, we are praying for you. We hope that you uh, get better soon. I want to see you uh, ruining your own podcast as soon as possible. <laughs> I want to see you back in annoying Kiefer. Uh, you know, so please do get better, and uh, I'll lay off the chokes about it until you're back. I care about you, buddy. Uh, my old friend Jason, who's known me since I was just a little tyke. Uh, if so, if someone wanted to find you, uh, what's your what's your home address? <laughs> uh, Jason, oh man, I wish I knew your home address off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, you do. One two three Main Street. Uh, yeah, in a town this small, you that's an actual address. So. Um, Jason, thanks for joining us. I'm sorry that I accused you of watching Lord of the Rings while you were on the show. I don't know what happened. Like I said, I don't have my phone. I'm trying to run this through a computer. Those of you who have been watching me the past year on Failure to Stop know that I'm prone uh, to failures and big moments, just like the Cowboys are. So, Flapjacks, flapjacks, flapjacks. Flapjacks, yes, I'm known for that. Jason, thank you for joining uh, on the show. Uh, stick around after the show so we can chat a little bit, uh, get to know each other a little bit better. Because if you're amenable to returning, I might I might need you to answer more basic baseball questions. And uh, Yeah, you got a lot of – I mean, football is about to end, so you got to – researching somewhere else so. <laughs> uh, spring league, spring league the usfl starts in march 30th uh don't forget that the uh the 2020 undefeated houston roughnecks will return uh i was i i'm in trouble now because of the usfl i was going for the michigan panthers like when i would watch usfl games i was going for the michigan panthers and when i watched xfl i was going for houston roughnecks now they're in a combined league and they're in the same division so now i had to decide and i picked i picked houston and now all my friends who are panthers fans are like mad at me well like well i had to i had to, I had to pick so i'll be the only person on the on podcasts on earth probably who are talking about how exciting the xfl is and how we should all be caring about that but thank you for for joining us jason i appreciate you buddy uh thank you for uh for seeing me at my weakest all those years during all the years when i was warring with the bees i remember all those all those days i would come to school covered in welts and how I would break down in tears in front of you, and you never thought he—you never thought of me as any less of a boy because of it. So I appreciate that. And uh, putting up with—can you believe that this guy's been putting up with my shit since uh, Bill Clinton was president? I mean, well, George Bush Great. even. You—you uh, you guys, uh, you guys can only stand me for a couple hours a week. This guy's been doing it for years. Uh, he is yeah. owed—he is owed cash reprimand. Uh, uh, he, he, is our, he is our Lord and Savior. Yes, yeah, re- reparations for me. Jason, stick around. We'll go ahead and end the show. Uh, folks, Failure to, Stop, right. Failure to Stop is a full family of podcasts. Uh, all throughout the week, you can hear different stuff from us on Sunday nights. You can get uh, conspiracy theories and government cover-ups. That's with uh, top secret information. On Monday night, you can listen to Uncuffed. That's a comedy show with two cops. Tuesday night, 
I do true crime with a former police officer. On Wednesday, it's all the news you need to not sound like an asshole with dead leg. Thursday night, we will return with more Illegal Shift next week. And then uh, Friday, tomorrow, Eric and I are doing a breakdown of some kind. We're going to do a classic uh, old-style failure-to-stop breakdown of a police case. Uh, I don't know why I'm on that show, but I'll be there. So looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, Kiefer, uh, thanks so much uh, for hanging out this evening. Thanks for going late. And thanks to the Wolfpack for watching a special late episode. We appreciate you. Guns up. Giddy up. Good night, America. Good night, guys. Thank you.